Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 730 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. Yeah. All right, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs>
you know, with that Slither Shadow page, a lot of stuff that spun out of that. Right. Which was, of course, um, my kid did an amazing monster. Yes, we got a so great... Everyone, everyone has seen that by now. Everyone has seen it by now, yes. Um, the PDF is available on our website, www.fourthpillaropplay.com. Yeah, um, and they really nailed it right off. Um, and then I've been preoccupied with the idea, because then we started to really, you and I started to discuss, well, you know, because originally you were like, well, make it look like a sketch from a journal. Right. And then I know my imagination probably more was running with that idea, because I liked the, I always liked the idea of this as a, you know, magical field guide. Um, and then Rowan and I would discuss, and we went back and forth, and so now Rowan, in order to compensate for their, uh, you know, parts parts of their art that are stronger than others, because they, uh, they, they do really... I feel, and I'm sure you're listening, Rowan, I feel you do great on serious stuff. Rowan, if you're listening, I th- also think you do great on I th- serious I, stuff. I just think get out of your own way on that. But you do great on cartoon stuff. So that was that was Rowan's conflict. Like, So then I just kind of addressed it, you know, uh, they and I addressed it with... Um, you know why don't we why don't we make it a couple of adventures traveling together? Um, maybe we'll even finally put up the original logo that Rowan had given us that had right. had three adventurers that Rowan was a huge fan of them. Um, so then we we kind of started to develop the idea that well how about you one of these guys is your serious artist when you can really nail a serious look for a monster, but the other one writes in the journal draws in the journal when you have to go a little bit more cartoony. That's more their style. Right. This is the I like. I've always been a sucker for an in-character, you know, Me travel journal. The way they the do, Charles well, Darwin of Estorock. Yeah, and the way they do all the five E books is that way. You know, um, Fizban does Fizbans. Yeah, you know, and and Voldo before they were retconned into oblivion. Volo's you know, Guide to Monsters. Yeah, Volo's Guide to Monsters. Tomb of Foes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But they, but they do them like it's a journal, or you're sitting in a class, or whatever. That's also in all the like it's also in Tasha's, and it's also yep. in Xanathar's. Yeah, um, and I think it makes it. I think it's just a good idea. I think it's just more fun. It's fun. It exa- that's exactly what I think it is. It adds yeah. an element of fun. It adds an, an adds an element of story to your publication, which yeah. is kind of fun as well. But so yeah, so we have some yep. art that Rowan is producing for our monsters and our ideas. That's going to be based on someone frantically sketching by the the low light of their campfire as they try to survive in the right. verge at night after being yep. attacked by 17 different kinds of monsters. Yeah, so they're, good, not they're definitely going to be, be the luckiest people in all of it, beings in all of Estoril. Because they managed to survive everything. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, because <laughs> without them surviving, we wouldn't get the art. <laughs> yeah. Um, I You were just talking, so yeah, sorry. 30 seconds before we started recording, you were talking about uh, the question I asked you last week about what does our night sky look like, and we've thrown yes. out all these cool ideas. <laughs> yeah. And you just had a neat one that I said that I, I oh. just thought was really cool. So on the car on the way in, I, one of our challenges that we came up with is why doesn't everybody just explore the hell out of this world? Remember, we were trying to limit them. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just hit, why don't you just set to sea, right? Why don't you just go across? And it, and for some reason today on the drive, you know, because our drive is is pretty long for those of us who don't live in the area we get about 40 minutes or so in the car yeah but that's 40 uninterrupted minutes it's a great time you know, where we can just sit and think of whatever and i just started to think well um because one of the ideas that we had put forth for the sky was i had said something about a blank like a big gap yes like a black hole spot and then one of the things i had said too was oh well maybe the stars don't move maybe it's the same thing you see every single night and my brain as it runs through on the way in was just like well if if the stars don't move, then you can't navigate. And then it occurred to me, duh, yes, you can navigate really well if the star, if every star in the sky is exactly it the same. It doesn't move. It's all a fixed point. Why isn't everybody living on the ocean and exploring constantly? So then because of the nature of Iliaster, I started to play with the idea, well, it's 
what if it's in the atmosphere? And when we look up, everybody sees something different because we're, it was born out of the idea that um, Iliaster is, is, is shaped by person's perceptions, right? right? So, and a lot of the things we'll eventually delve into is that when somebody, you know, perceives, what, what was it we said that, that, um, that the way that the magic comes across is basically almost like you imagine it, right? Right. And, and it's and that it your happens. perception of how it affects you changes how it affects you. So yeah. the people who live and choose to isolate themselves upon the colossal expanse out mm. of fear that Iliaster is going right. to irreparably mutate them and change them in ways they can't control. And it's going to be this, uh, this, un, this, uh, this out-of-control cascade of change that's going to eventually lead to their death. The reason those people are actually affected more by Iliaster because it's responding to their right. perception. To some extent, Iliaster perception is reality. Exactly. Right. Um, but it is like shaped a, by people's perception. Yeah. And a bit of a wild factor in that I feel like it has a little bit of its own. Got a little bit of its own, little something going little on. Its own. So anyway, what I ended up going with was- That made like, it sound, by the way, like we knew what was going on with it. Yeah, and we, we really don't. Just, yeah. Disclaimer, we don't. That was not like us being sly winky wink. <laughs> yeah. That is not an Easter egg. Don't pick it apart like Westworld. There's nothing. No, this is it. Don't pick anything apart like Westworld. Yeah, definitely not. Um, so ultimately what I ended up coming up with was, you know, because- you know, I was like, well, if, if they all stayed still, then everybody could get around easy. And then I started playing with the idea of, well, what if when you look up culturally, every everyone sees something different, right? The sky literally looks different to everyone. You can start to share a vision of it. Culturally, you can share a vision of it. But because of this, you know, uh, well, because of the difference in the way people think and perceive, you could never navigate by it. It, it. You know, in time, we, you know, cultures ended up finding out, well, Crap, we do not know what is in the sky above us. We just don't see the same thing. It doesn't come across right. the same. Now, how would you deal with that? Because then you could just have one person, like, you are the navigator. You use the sky you see to navigate on the ocean. Well, so that would allow, I had thought of that too, and that would allow a crew to become tight-knit and eventually you share a vision. But that doesn't mean you can explore the world with any success. Right. You know, um, you could, but you could you could get to know an area. Right. And you, the other thing you could say is that no matter, like, for instance, no matter how you orient yourself, when you look mm -hmm. up, you see it oriented to you. Right. Well, what I think this allows, and again, this is literally on the fly because I this is just expounding yeah. on it as I go. But what that could allow for is if you have this tight knit group, um, you know, we're also exploring the deeper into the verge, the more, uh, the greater the the um, the, the greater you're impacted by Iliaster. Right. The concentration of magic and weird gets stronger the deeper you go into the verge. Right. So the same thing's going to happen the further out in the sea you go. Okay. So if you stay to your seaways, you can fish. Maybe that you know this allows you to visit, uh, mm -hmm. you know, different, you know, your stormwreck islands. You know, it opens that type of place up. Your Isle of Dread. Exactly. It puts those places within reach, but just straight up sailing off across the ocean is either a one-way trip or more likely a, uh, you know, a suicide trip. Right. Um, Which is also a kind of one-way trip. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's but, just so that was one of that was just a you know I quickly elaborated on yeah I thought that was really neat the idea again just remembering and remembering to remind ourselves to continue coming back to that well of yeah. how perception is going to be a strong uh, creational power and I also kind of like that it feeds into the idea that the universe kind of stuck people here yeah you know beings like. You know, I like the idea that the universe had some kind of a plan, or there's a reason that this happened, and it's just like, but you know, I'm the universe, so tough shit. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, figure it out. Yeah. You want to try to get out. You want to try to have all the mysteries handed to you. You know, if you want to get to the other side of that ocean, you know, good luck. Pack, pack, you know, pack your bags, get plenty of oranges. <laughs> you don't want your teeth to fall out and, you know, head across the line. I'm saving them to put them back in. That's not how it works. No. <laughs> um, so, hey, you want a random encounter? Uh, sure do. Oh, I'm sure you do. Because this is me not ready this time. Twice it's been you. I know. Okay. I, this, is, this, is my, this is my random encounter. Okay. My random encounter today, uh, topic today, that I was thinking about as I was writing things about Esterok and just mm-hmm. putting ideas on paper yeah. was the problem of allegory and also not allegory. Let me explain. Okay, I was going to say, could you explain? Yes. Um, so I was writing down all of the different ideas that we've had about Estrock and, and scripting them out and putting them into copy text yeah. on our document. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I noticed is that, so we have a world where a whole bunch of other people came to dig for a magical substance that they use as a power source, and then yeah. people have infighting about it. And, oh, yeah. I know. And then it breaks into other camps. <laughs> and then while we were doing it, I was, I was we were writing about ideologies today and talking about how, well, well there's primarily two ideologies that uh, are slightly in contrast, and you know other people who just don't want to have to deal with either one. And as I'm sitting here thinking, every time I've written anything about Iliaster, I've said to you, I said, I don't want it to be oil. Yeah. It's not oil. I mean, I don't. I don't technically want it to be oil either. I don't want it to be oil. I don't. I'm not trying to make an allegory, right? But oh, it's 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 there. It's there. Like is it's like baked into DNA, and sure. I so like we when we mentioned in one of our earlier episodes about J.R.R. Tolkien versus mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis was an allegory guy, and Tolkien was not an allegory guy. Doesn't stop people from layering allegory onto Tolkien right. by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. So how do we, as we are creating, like how do you create a magical liquid that is used as a power source and that people vie for control over and not have it be an allegory for oil? And do we care because we just want people to enjoy and have fun and do with it what they will? If they want to make it into an oil allegory, they can do that. What are your thoughts about allegory? So that was... In this case, all I would do in this particular instance is this exact example is it's not oil because that was never my intention when I originally put it out. It was never my thought that it's oil. So it's not. Um, right. They're, they're done. You know, but I mean, <laughs> because just like Tolkien, it can't be helped. People are going to see. I, I think, um, what what did I just see recently that this makes me think of? Oh, what, remember I was telling you I watched Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Right. And I and I watched that movie, and afterwards I had like that kind of like, I, you know, I hadn't seen it ever. Old black and white movie, you Frank know, Capra, right? Yeah, Frank Capra movie. Apparently not a socialist. Jimmy but, Stewart. Yeah, Jimmy Stewart is it's another one of their. You know, it's a Frank, it's a Capra Jimmy Stewart jam, and it's you know, real quick. So, uh, Mr. Smith is just this really great guy. You know, uh, senator dies, governor needs to select a new one. What's really neat about the movie is it's always just a state. He he represents a state. They don't say what state it is. It could be any. You could like. There is no. There's no political parties. There's none of that mentioned. And I just think it's interesting that like, and I think of like um, Ted Lasso, mm-hmm. how both conservatives and liberals claimed Ted Lasso, right? And so people are going to find in stories what they're looking for in stories, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> so I'm like, so do you think that allegory or 
seeds that could be used for strong allegory should be avoided, or do you just create what you want to create and not worry about what happens on the it's other end? It's a no-win situation, so you just create what you want to create. Okay. I think. Um, but you, you, I think the only thing that we've consciously done is make sure that that we don't create what we don't want to create. Right. You know what I mean? We don't feel beholden. A lot of these worlds have some kind of out in the fields, crazy, you know, savages, less civilized people. We're For those kind of you of, who couldn't see on our, yeah, I did our non-existent quotes, video yeah. stream, there were air quotes around yeah. savages yeah. and a lot of disdain yeah. in the facial <laughs> expression. Of, yeah, exactly. Um, but those are things we don't want to do. The isms we talked about, those mm-hmm. are things we don't want. I saw an interesting Twitter uh, thread that was someone talking about uh, phrases that they are no longer allowing themselves to use when they're describing things. Mm-hmm. And they were saying things like primal and savage. And there was some back and th- forth with people saying, well, those can be applied to a wilderness. Right. You can have a primal wilderness and a savage wilderness, and that's not problematic. Right. And they clarified that, no, they were talking about in terms of referring to peoples right. as primal or savage. And I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, we have multiple times called our world primal and savage. Right. You know, it's... But I have my skin hasn't crawled because we don't mean it that way. And exactly. And I will say that we actively came up with the history of this world in such a way that it avoided colonialism and on yeah. top of it. Yeah. Like there was there was no peoples here to exploit. It was empty. Right. It was everything was gone. Yeah. So you know, the allegory part is gonna creep into everything because the best way to influence someone is through a story. Right, And I think that we just inherently look for a story if we want to enjoy something. And then once we do that, our biases are going to overlay it. And I think you just, I think we just create what we want to create or one just creates what they want to create. Um, the allegory can't be avoided. Or the perception of allegory. The perception can't, of allegory can't be, avoided. can't be avoided. Because like, like Iliaster, it is affected by perception. Yeah. I, interesting. Wow. That was a little too deep. Was it? Yeah, no, it's and funny. you know what made me think of this? The mm. entire thing that keyed me off for the allegory as a random encounter was I saw that someone was saying that, oh, Netflix is working on their 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 two Chronicles of Narnia movies. And all I could think of was, haven't we had like seven Chronicles of Narnia movies at this point? There's been a bunch, Do we right? need more Chronicles of Narnia movies? Um, as someone, again, speaking, I know that some people... And based on so, the trailer I, episode, for me, no. Well, no, we don't I know that yeah. some of our listeners mm-hmm. are big Chronicles of Narnia fans. Right. Um, <laughs> it just yep. clicked, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It took me a minute. Um, and n- no no judgment. No, it's that's not fine. my thing, but yeah. when I've read them all. I mean, I own the box set and read them all. But I've seen the box set uh, on I shelves. Just, yeah. I just... It was... It got... It got too religious for me, yeah. Um, personally, but yeah. I do think the first book's a, a fun story. Mm-hmm. Prince okay. Caspian's a fun story. Is I that act- the first book? Well, okay. Are you? <laughs> are we talking chronological yeah. in universe order? Or are we talking publication order? That's tough because this is already more uh, Chronicles of Narnia than I would want to talk about. <laughs> I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> so let's talk yeah. about you know the the Pevensey children some more. Sure. Who's no, that? We're not. That's the kids in the Chronicles no. of Narnia. I, you know what my favorite thing the Chronicles of Narnia ever gave me? What that episode of Doctor Who, where they did they do a they do a Christmas episode that is essentially Chronicles of Narnia. Do they? Yeah, where she goes through the wardrobe. <gasps> that's and, right. Yeah, that's, I don't think I watched that episode. Yeah, that's like was the, that a Clara episode? I don't think so. No, um, but I don't really remember. It's not. It's fine, it, but it's not one of my favorite ones. It's not the. It's you know, not the Christmas Carol. The Christmas episode. Carol one, which is the Christmas awesome. Carol episode, is one of the greatest episodes I love ever. That one yeah. ever. Um. All right. So yeah, that was my thought for a random encounter. Yeah, like, it is funny because we do. 
I okay, so it's it's just not oil, but I completely see why people do see it as oil. Yeah, why they would. And someone would say to us, "Yeah, yeah, you say it's not oil, but it's oil." And it's like, like okay, fine. Okay, go to your Reddit and discuss it then. Mm. Yeah, I know. I I just I'm finding more and more as I write this, and I worry about when people see it. It, it it's our baby, sure. right? It's our baby. It is, and <laughs> I don't want people to think poorly of our baby. We're well, really trying hard to make something that is a lot of seeds for adventure. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly useful to a dungeon master and fun for players. Yeah, and we're trying hard to keep the 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 things that normally we would say is we're you know air quotes bad yeah. or problematic or whatever from creeping into our world. And I feel like I'm like sheltering it. Like no, I've got the I've got it's right. in the papoosh and I've got like all the corners have little rubber bumpers and all the locks yeah. have child locks. Same. I mean, and that's what it feels like. So it be you know even the conflict between um, people you know, even the conflict originally I think was we were just going to assume it was going to be the people on the bridge were going to be the wealthy and then if you were down on the ground you were uh, have not dirty we were like whatever Dude. and I just the more that sat with me I'm like no but then I ended up I don't know maybe this might have been conscious but this it's really just the it's really just a left right philosophy yeah um, you know there's and and we and, wanted to and, avoid any of that stuff and we we did want to avoid it however. Um, you know, at this point, because we haven't really fleshed out the people on the bridge, I want to live on the ground because right. we definitely made them more left leaning. They're more likely to be caring about the environment. They're more likely, you know. See, and 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 funny because I I'm right there with you, but I I see myself as being the kind of person who'd want to be one of the in betweeners. Yeah, sure. No, I would totally want to be on the ground and yeah, and, yeah, verge warden. You'd be all, and you'd be protected from the verge because your perspective of it was that it was not as dangerous as people thought it was, right. and therefore would affect you different. Yeah. What I thought about that was really cool, by the way. I'm getting ahead of myself yeah. because I'm going to come back to this when we talk okay. a little bit about some of our people in our village of last call. Yeah. See how that circled back? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the settlement of last call. Now, I went through, I own a significant amount of fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons books. Yeah. Oh, by the way, and Random Encounter. And random Just encounter. Just fully 100%. Okay, all right. I own a significant number of Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition D&D books. Sure. And I went through them going, I wonder if there is a section in any of the D books, and any of the D&D books I have, a Level Up 5e, Dungeons & Dragons, Lazy Dungeon Master. I have you know, different splat books from um, Dungeon Master's Guild and other publishers and things like that. Mm-hmm. And seeing if I had anything that was Here's what you do to create a settlement. Creating a settlement. Yep. And the closest I could come was the Dungeons Master's Guide, which I guess is appropriate, but it's still not perfect. So in the Dungeon Master's Guide, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you some of the things in here. Yep. This says, uh, when creating a settlement for your campaign, focus on the locations that are most relevant to the adventure. Don't worry about naming every street and identifying the inhabitants of every building. But what it gives you is basically a list, a D20 randomized tables of basically elements that could go along with your town. But it doesn't go into what actually is building a town. It's more like, here's how to quickly generate something and not think about it. And it's the same thing with like Lazy Dungeon Master stuff, which again, I love, but it's the opposite of what we're trying to do here. Yeah. We are not trying to do a shortcut to just create something good enough for the players at the table. Mm -hmm. We're trying to create something that's good enough for the Dungeon Master to create stuff for the players on the fly at the table. Right. So we're trying to do the complete product. Mm -hmm. So this says um, there's a table for race relations, which 
Yeah. Like harmony, tension or rivalry, racial majority are conquerors, racial minority are rulers, racial minorities are refugees, racial majority oppresses minority, racial minority oppresses majority. Okay, so well, we've already moved past that, right? Right. Is that what you're getting at? And yeah, that like, we that's, were like... Mm, well, I just... It that grosses me out that, that that's weird. the first table. You know, um, well, based on their recent announcement that they're basically going to have cultural consultants on every book. Right, they And they're going that. to retroactively go through their old books. And everyone listening to this episode is going, well, duh, I heard about that three weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. But, but that is yeah, new. They said, But that's a huge amount of work. Yeah, that's a lot of work. That's a... That's a Big commitment to uh, progressive inclusivity. Yeah, and so what I heard that they used to do is that the project lead would basically ask for a a consultant in that nature for parts that they thought might need it. So that was relying upon the project lead to a recognize when there was something that might be problematic, right? Which could be difficult if it's just outside of your outside of your own personal cultural identity and things like that. Sure. And then b no to ask someone else to come. It was mm-hmm. just basically it was ad hoc checking. So Yeah, well and it and it feels like that whole racial thing is something that would probably be kind of pulled out. Right. I, I don't think it's necessary. And again, it, it depends on the group you play with. I cannot imagine I'm playing with anybody who's really wants to focus on that all that much. Yeah, can we have a racism based game? Yeah. I I'm really mean, feeling like that would be fun. Maybe maybe purely in a teaching environment. Like you're literally using this as a way to create a cultural understanding for, you know. The only way I could ever see it actually coming up in play would be, oh, you've stumbled into an ancient dwarven city, and they've not seen anybody who's not a dwarf in 500 years, and they don't trust anybody. They don't hate you because you're not a dwarf. They just don't trust you because you're not a dwarf. Yeah, but it's weird. I think it's kind of, I mean, obviously all of the things on that list are, optional but yeah. it's a weird option to put in it's a weird option especially if it's because we're talking about quick quick spitball spitball let's throw something together let's go you know i'm not going to name all the streets and i'm not going to name all the places but i am going to name the systemic racial tension right <laughs> like that doesn't seem like a shortcut to me <laughs> um so I'm like this this village is coming along really well let's roll oh well everybody well, hates the elves though Dang, I did that whole... I, previously, I, I rang the whole marketplace. I ra- rolled up the whole marketplace of elves. Well, this is now a everyone hates them. And, uh, yeah, it doesn't. No. So I, I feel comfortable ignoring the race relations chart. Yeah, I think we're good. However, it's- the next chart is called ruler's status. Now, do you know... My, here's my problem with this this particular chart. The ruler's status, which is things like respected and fair, weakling manipulated by others, contested leadership, open fighting, cabal, doltish lout... It it assumes singular leadership. Yep. Um, and I don't know as I necessarily think that would work best for last call. So I'm I am using that particular. I would envision. Tamer. I mean, I personally would envision last call to be more of a council, town council, at best. Type yeah. Of idea. So let's talk a little bit about our government of last call. It's a settlement. It's on the edge. It is the last civilization point before mm-hmm. the verge. Right. People have, I think we've said that like we're going to put in some history that people have tried to push settlements past there, right. but they've been lost. Yep. Because we, because I'm obsessed with the story of Roanoke Island. Right. And even though we know the mystery of Roanoke Island now, I preferred it back when I was like, oh, they disappeared and they wrote Crow and Toe and on yeah. a tree. Yep. Um, so I like the idea there was like the lost settlement of blah, blah. Out For anybody who didn't know, the, the rest of the note was, Mom, I went to Crow Tone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was, but it wore off and just crow tone less. Yeah, they just. I don't to, know where they could possibly have gone. Yeah, they just went to live with. They just wrote the word Croatoan. Do you yeah. think that has anything to do with the Croatoans next door? 
Nah. But if it does, it's bad. It's not that they were just helping out, but anyway. Yeah. So I agree. I was thinking sort of a council relations as well. Yeah. My thought, as I was, I'm just spitballing here, would be having three representative, you know, a council of three mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. some sort of division of three yeah. for the Up upper half, middle. the ground half, and the transitional st- and the transitional structure in the middle. Yeah, absolutely. That so makes sense. Having so I, I like the idea of having sort of like a council that represents all the major areas of the village, right, or the settlement. I don't know. I don't know how big this is going to end up being by the time we're done with it. So I keep saying right. settlement, but it might be more like large town. Was yeah. Deadwood considered a settlement? I think it's. I think it started out as a settlement. It got big and then, then got didn't big. It? Yeah, but I think by the time the movie rolled around, it was pretty big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The budget, um, I think, maybe. Right. Which then gives us... So then TBD stuff, mm-hmm. we have to do NPCs for the leaders. Yeah. And write in not only those leaders and what makes them unique, but what makes them maybe conflict with each other, what makes them work together, and, and mm-hmm. all those elements. Yeah. So that's going to go on our TBD list, is NPC rulers are some division by three uh, council. Right. And well, I also find it interesting because you're going to come to Last Call. I mean, aren't you in general going to probably be an adventurer by the time you get to Last Call? I like to envision Last Call as is a lot of adventurers, yeah. but also people who profit from adventuring. Right. It's got to be a tough place to keep the peace. Right. You've got a lot of people who are used to basically being able to well do what they want, and you can't check the sword by nature of the world. Exactly. You cannot check the sword, and you know you can't expect people to walk around defenselessly so if that's the case then and there's a lot of adventurers there and not all adventurers are lawful good or even neutral good mm-hmm. so we're going to need a peacekeeping force that's mm-hmm. just you know weary guards who are like oh more adventurers yeah um i don't just see it as adventuring though so we've talked about how we want the relationship between last call and farpoint to be that they rely on each other they might not necessarily have similar ideologies, but they have a reciprocal relationship that is advantageous to both of them. Yeah. Farpoint and the Academy at Farpoint provides the magic necessary to keep Last Call from being overtaken by the Verge. Mm-hmm. And Last Call provides Farpoint, or the Academy at Farpoint, with the necessary Iliaster and launching points for academic adventures into the Verge. Yep. Adventuring in ruins. Not Adventuring is the wrong word, but... Um, what are they called? Uh, uh, ex- exploration right. ventures. Um, expedition. Expedition. That's yeah. the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Expeditions into the Verge for research materials. Mm-hmm. So they have this symbiotic relationship, which means that another part of the industry of the town is going to be representatives from Farpoint who are in charge of cataloging, gathering materials, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's an academic launching point. It's a exploration launching point. It's a adventuring launching point. Entrepreneurial. It's an entrepreneurial launching point. So you have people there who are like, no, I don't go on the verge, but I sell rope. Right. Sell all the rope. Yeah. You need some leather armor? I got you. Yep. Anti-venom. So much anti-venom. So... An entire anti-venom store. Exactly. Yeah. Well, what were you stung by? Well, it looked like a giant house centipede. (laughs) Well, here's the one you need. So... uh, there, I think that that's going to be... It's industry. That's another thing you're supposed to identify with any sort of given settlement. You're supposed to identify what the major industry is. I feel like the industry is the Verge. Right. Ultimately. The Verge and Iliaster. I imagine that 
if there is a well that the people are working on to try to, you know, dredge up pure Iliaster that is manned, sorry, worked on by people who make last call their home. Mm -hmm. So we have a government, we have some sort of council, we know we're going to need a strong peacekeeping force. That peacekeeping force is also going to be absolutely necessary for the animal and giant insect incursions and things like that from the Verge. The fact that there is magic to keep the Verge from overgrowing over Last Call is one thing. It doesn't stop necessarily all the animals from basically peeking out and going, ooh, what's this? Right. You know, you still have... Um, Smells like food over there. Exactly. You still have yeah. Slither Shadows mm-hmm. who find their way into the cracks in the uh, Colossal Expanse and then attack people as they're coming up and down the lifts or the switchbacks. Yep. Um, the next table is Notable Traits. Now, I feel like this one's easy because our entire design... We designed this settlement from the notable trait up. Yeah. We designed it from, like, it's at the edge of the Colossal Expanse, broken, and then down on the ground and in between. Yeah. So it's that's its notable right uh, feature. Known for its. So this is the next table. Known for its. Delicious cuisine. Well. Nah. Rude people. Greedy merchants. Artists and writers. Great heroes and saviors. Is it known for flowers? Yeah. This is a weird set of really tables. Weird. Yeah. Hordes of beggars, tough warriors, dark magic, decadence, piety, gambling, godlessness, education, wines, high fashion, political intrigue, powerful guilds, strong drink, patriotism. None of the above? I mean, or all of them? All of them seems in like, small measure? Yeah, it seems all of them being a singular trait um, doesn't sound fun or... No. Yeah, I feel like this is just not a helpful setup. But, it, but you know what I will say? It's not helpful for right now. You know, this chart doesn't help for us. It doesn't work for us. Right. But if you needed to randomly generate one on the fly. So what I'm thinking here is like, I'm enjoying going through this and having that be the the recoil causing us to go, no, this, obviously, that's not not on this list. The flowers is a really interesting choice. I know, right? When put against all the other things it was up against. Right. Because you have great hero or savior and hordes of beggars. But in between that, flowers. Well, they just wanted to lighten it up a little. Guess. So ours is known for... Uh, equipping adventurers. Mm-hmm. It's known for being a go-between from the verge to Farpoint. Probably medicine. It's probably Maybe a hub of medicine. A hub of medicine. Think. It's probably known as a hub of um, lots of primal spellcasters. Yeah. So druids and rangers and things like that. Yeah. It is. Well, actually, had a, a verge warden conclave in mind. And yeah. They would, you know, of rangers basically. A verge I, warden is a ranger in my mind. You like rangers a lot. I love rangers. I want them to be cool. Well, we're going to make them cool. Yeah. So um, the Conclave would be headquartered here. Absolutely. At the edge of, you know. On the ground, I'm sure. For sure. Of course. Where else are they going to be? Um, so we know that uh, So we know that we have a council divisible by three, a large peacekeeping force. We know that we have an industry built around the trade and transportation of Iliaster mm-hmm. and adventuring for uh, knowledge sake exploring the ruins for information about what might have happened to the world, plus adventuring for the sake of going out and finding riches. Maybe if I can strike it out into the verge and find something really yeah. valuable, I can come back and be rich. So there's that, because we use the word gold rush. Yeah. The whole world started as, this was a gold rush world. Yeah, that was the original concept. And now we have a gold rush within our gold rush. Mm-hmm. So we have the people gold rushing into the verge and just, you know, only 20% of them coming back. Yeah. So it's... It's very dangerous. Very risky gold rush. The next 
table is called Current Calamity. Current Calamity. And it's things like suspected vampire infestation, an important figure died, plague or famine, corrupt officials, flooding, uh, brink of war. Weeds. Weeds? I don't know. Flowers was on the other one. As Let's weeds, see. Huh? Let's see. <laughs> I don't see weed. We- no, 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 no okay, weed. No, no weeds. Oh, well. It's just, it's the flowers, the worst thing. So vampires, you say? Yeah, I do love vampires, but... Eh. Yeah, I I honestly don't see vampires in the traditional yeah, monster manual sense. I don't see them in this world. No, I mean that's not to say you can't have vampires in this world because the whole idea is that you can fit anything in here. But I just got an idea for a vampire, but I'll put a pen in it. Okay, TBD. Yeah, TBD. Vampire. Okay. Do they drink Iliaster out of people's blood? Nope. Okay. All right. I thought I was gonna guess. That's here. that's a good one too, though. Um, so what could be a current problem in Farpoint. Because if you think about it, that does make sense. You have a, a settlement and then there is a problem because every place has to have some sort of a conflict. So what is the current problem that is causing the current conflict? Is this an internal conflict then between like the council members, say? Could be. Could be something coming into the village. Could be something coming out of the settlement. Could Ooh, be... wait. Have we talked about um, Iliastrians? We haven't talked about Iliastrians. So Iliastrians. That's, that's from our TBD list. Yeah. So, Iliastrians from our TBD list, for those listening, yeah. were they are the race of people that have just sprung up into existence. Yeah, basically. They are our plant people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then we were going to expand it out based right. on the revergence. Exactly. So, yeah. you have Iliastrians are... Again, based on that idea that Iliaster is affected by perception, you get a large enough group of people thinking, oh my gosh, there must be you know, intelligent creatures in the verge, and then all of a sudden the next morning, there is. Yeah. And it doesn't know where it came from. And now it you have feels like it's always been there. It feels like it's always been there, but it's not. Yeah. And so this is going to be our way of creating player races, mm-hmm. player species. I really wish they would settle on a word. I hate using the word race. Yeah, I found myself point. when I'm editing the document, like when you talk about like the player races, that's from the OGL, like the the playable races in the OGL. But I don't want to use that word, so then I want to say lineages, and then I'm worried that I'm like stepping on the toes of, because honestly, in our campaign setting, what I want is I want to say, create your character using the custom lineage rules on Tasha's Cauldron of Everything mm-hmm. from Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. Yeah, because I like those. I think that fits our world. It's like nope. My grandfather was a was half dwarf, half elf, and my grandmother was a halfling mixed with half orc, and so right. I mean, I'm just we sort of me. And we discussed earlier that there really isn't going to be a pure anything. Yeah, there's very, 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 very few elves. Yeah, if you take an elf, if you take an elven family tree, there's going to be you know some humans there, some gnomes here, maybe you know nobody's of quote unquote pure blood. But wait. You can't mix gnomes and elves. Yeah, you can. Yes, we can. Yeah, I just did. I just did. Just did it it's right done. now. It's done. Deal with it. I mean, you've seen The Hobbit. The, <laughs> there some I'm not dwarf, sure you're going with some that. Some dwarves and elves in there. There was, there That's was, right. There was love right there. Which was a problem. It was fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, Iliastrians could be a current cause of conflict. Like, what do we do with these people that keep springing into existence? Mm-hmm. I don't want them to be common, but right. I thought it was just sort of our vehicle for creating a player race. Right. Yeah. Player species, yeah. player lineage, insert mm-hmm. term, whatever one D&D decides on here. Yeah. The other thing we could, we, we talked about our cult. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah, the ones going through and... The cultists. So my uh, our 
my vision for the cult came from. Because we need a cult. We, everyone needs At a least cult. a cult. You need, you need some people who are evil. Yeah. Even if they're evil via misguiding. Right. Um, so our cult, which I I labeled it today, I called it the Wield. Yep. Um, which was my original term for the Verge, but we used Verge. Yeah. So the so. Wield is a cult that is obsessive over revergence. They want to go into nature and they want to become the ultimate plant tree god person. Yeah. They worship that return to nature in a really destructive, creepy way to the point where they will try to get themselves uh, going on the infection of revergence and then they will try to hide it and move to other areas to spread it to other people. Yeah. They try to steal, steal Iliaster to uh, empower themselves and to also try to force everyone else back to um, right. a reversion Well, and we state. talked about the three-eyed crow last episode. Yes. Um, do they have one of those? Do they have yeah, a guy? They have to. They have you to know, have a guy Every cult needs like, a cult head. Yeah, exactly. And he's the one coordinating. Mm-hmm. And so maybe there's been recent problems with that. There's mm-hmm. been cultists. Now, here's a fun little tidbit. So you would think, like, why is it so hard? Just go out in nature and you'll eventually be reabsorbed. Why is there even a cult? Because they think it's so cool that it happens to them it affects them less. Oh, yeah. That would be how it is. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. So they're like, no, it is this, this, it's, they, they're, they're lacking, um, they're lack of inner fear. peace. Yeah. You know, there's, there's got to be like a balance and that's how you really get a nice, well, they, that would make sense. They you, see it as re- this impossible, they see it as this titanic task to be converted. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes a titanic task. Yeah. They're actually more resistant to Iliaster than most people via their enthusiasm. So yeah, you got to be more. Was, yeah, that's cool. You got to be more at peace with yourself in order to do. And then even and if you're taking more of that, a more peaceful, which I guess we would call a more traditional approach, then your revergence is less likely to be a detriment. Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. This is very complicated stuff. That's going to be a separate. Oh yeah, there's going to be a, there's going to be a whole. Well, I mean, there's going to be a thing on the on the wield in our documents. Yeah. Um, but right now it's just a paragraph or two. You know what I like about the wield? So the wield, you're using it, it's spelled... W-E-A-L-D. And that is an old English word for... For forest. But, you know, what's interesting is that they also wield the Iliaster. Yes, So it do. could be double... Meaning. And we might change the name. I don't know. No, I like it. I posted... Um, so our episode two just um, yep. launched yesterday, mm-hmm. and I wrote the blog post on our website to go along with it, and that was my idea. I was I was talking about how there's this desire to make it perfect... And I'm trying really hard to embrace just getting something on paper yeah. and not letting perfect be the enemy of good. You yeah. know, when we are creating, like what we're doing right now is going to inform with that. I go back to that, my document start typing mm-hmm. furiously. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be basing it on this conversation. Yeah. And that's okay. And then I'll give it to you for the for the edit pass. And then we'll go back. And right now it's even labeled version 0.01. Right. Well, you know, it's funny. And in this episode too, we're, uh, we're definitely doing, this is more freeform uh, brainstorming than usual. Yeah. Um, but I, again, if our overall mission of designing with people, like you're, you're going to have these moments, I think where you're just throwing out ideas and it's kind of have done. to go back and pull the different threads together and, you know, but weave it into something. What that means is that next week we're going to have a lot more stuff fleshed out in our mm-hmm. village. Last call is going to be much more, uh, developed. Yeah. And then we can jump into a mechanic of our choice, which has yet to be decided. Right. But I think next week we'll jump into doing more of a mechanical-focused yeah. uh, episode, just based on the fact that we now have something to work in. We have a playground. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, yeah, and that's it. That's literally the only 
thing they have. There's random buildings. That's fine. Random buildings are fine. But like, does anyone not know the buildings that are in the, your traditional tavern? I mean, we'll probably come up with some cool ones of our own. But that allows us, we know about the governance. We know about law and order. We don't have like a law system yet, but we'll think of something. Yeah. There probably should be should be some sort of a uh, divergence in idea about law and punishment and crime between the people on the expanse and the people on the ground, and right. that could cause that could be a source of internal conflict in Last Call because you have both people calling yeah. it home. Yeah. Um, what about education? I'm a teacher. What about education in this town? Well, I would think education would be a huge component, especially if you're nearby the universities. Sure. So we know that Farpoint has a university. We know that they have something that people are taught. Mm-hmm. Um, in a medieval society, a lot of that teaching would have been apprenticeships to professions. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Yeah. Um, but and a lot of people would have been raised. So it's probably going to be your standard medieval style. I, could, I guess I'm kind of in. Yeah, I'm. I'm envisioning maybe a formal school, uh, but on the mid. And midway, right? You know, what about worship? Well, we already said you have your your. There's definitely going to be something with druids. There's going to be some sort of like temple of druids, and yeah. you have your ranger at conclave, mm-hmm. enclave. What is the difference between an enclave and a conclave? I keep meaning to look it up. Okay, so go ahead, keep talking. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna riff while you do some research on the fly. So yeah, so I see the DMG is lacking a little bit. Now I will say that I'm very excited for my Kickstarter that I backed from Cobalt Press called the it's the guide to building cities, towns, and villages. So it's a complete book on building these places. And I wish I had it in my hand right now because we could use it to build our city and our village, but I don't and I won't have it for a little while. But they've released actually a couple of cool like additional supplements for backers of the Kickstarter, which I won't discuss here because they are not released to the general public yet. They are just for backers. But they've done some cool videos and some cool uh, miniature articles and releases uh, for things to think about. Like think about like what is the what is the cultural identity of your village and things like that. TBD on enclave conclave. Still couldn't couldn't compli- find it. It's a little more. Complicated. It's more complicated than it's I want to do. Very possibly completely the wrong word. Oh, that's okay. what it looks like to me. Um, we have industry, basic needs. Where do people get their food? In last call. We know Farpoint has, a couple miles off, has an area off of the expanse that is fields that can be used for farming. Yep. And it's, since it is, for some reason, the shorish area of the Farland Peninsula tends to be safe for farming and things like that. There's no verge, has not taken it over. Are Is there any source of water? Is there a lake near here? Mm, I don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, maybe we add a lake for some... A lake or a river? A lake or a river, something for making availability of... There are mountains right there, so that it would make sense for there to be rivers as well, yeah, because so the rivers would be coming down on the mountains. Yeah, some kind of so we have fishing, water. so we could make fishing an option. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's got to be... What about growing? What about grain? What about... You can't have ale in a tavern without grain. Yeah, that's true. And that's probably going to be... Hops, no problem. You get the best hops in the verge. Yeah, they're going to grow everywhere. They're the size yeah. of your head. Yeah. Hop, hop flowers the size of your head. But what about grain? Now you showed me a cool picture that was yes, like Yes, I was gonna I was thinking of that picture where it was just the um concept art somebody had come up with of growing, you know, small space growing where you grow up rather than out. And they made it look like a tree. I'm also thinking maybe a lot of utilization. So we could have something like that. I, I don't 
I'm trying to think the There's nothing stopping from stopping a, a civilization from bringing up soil onto the yeah. expanse. It's big enough that you could have and some may have just accumulated fields. over time. Exactly. It could just be there. So maybe decay. there's grain farms they up could on be there. The I also like the idea that there's very little I probably in life in the real world I'm more enamored with the idea too of um edible landscaping. Sure. Like everywhere you can grow something, nobody's, that's why I laugh at flowers, nobody's really growing flowers. Yeah. If the vegetable you're growing happens to flower before it turns into a vegetable, then, you know, you have flowers. I just don't see botanical gardens. Yeah. I don't really worry about things like fruits and vegetables. I figure yeah, those I are, there, yeah. we're, there's people whose job it is, is to gather those things. They grow in abundance outside the verge. Yeah. Maybe, well, I mean, there is obviously tropical growing i mean i remember being taught that that was a big problem when i was in high school you know people would slash down rainforest and slash and burn farming and then like Mm -hmm. grow uh the corn to feed cows or whatever so there's probably away from the verge but also as part of the ground an area where they've cleared that could be one of the conflict that could be one of the conflicts yeah expand again here i go making it here i go trying to avoid allegory but maybe the conflict is what do you need grain for do you need bread? Culturally, do we need it? Look what well, you're doing. I know doing. personally, I need I bread. Know. But well, there you go. Yeah, you know, but that could be a thing. Like you, you guys and are beer. cutting this down. You're, you, you know, have a cider. Uh, have a very, you know, have wine. If only we were on video right now. Yeah, I my know. Face. <laughs> but I mean, that could be another conflict. And I hate to again be too allegorical about it, but it seems like a reason. Like if you keep cutting down all this verge space to try to grow grain. There maybe there's a problem with doing that besides the obvious, right? Again, could be a cultural, you know, the dru- the druids are like. We also have to take into account, speaking of druids, that there is ways of magicking food. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so food's fine. They got plenty of food. But one of the things that I have, <laughs> I don't know, we we discussed not wanting there to be any high level NPCs mm-hmm. to solve everyone's problems. Yeah, because then that's like the biggest problem in Forgotten Realms, right? Is that you have like. All these ridiculous, you know, why isn't Laurel Silvermoon solving every problem? Yeah. So if there's no high-level NPCs... You know, but that's a pop cultural thing, period. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's superhero comics. Right. You know, why doesn't Superman fix every problem in Gotham? Well, it would well, make sense. When Keith Baker wrote Eberron, mm-hmm. he made it so that there were no super high-level NPCs. Right. I not... Think, not I, yeah, and I would say you'd have to go that way, otherwise you're always open to it. Because I always think that. I'm like, you know, Batman had a massive earthquake that destroyed one of the more major cities in all the DC universe, and he handled it. Right. Like, what the... <laughs> Your comic knowledge far surpasses Batman my could, own. Batman could have, you know, Batman struggles, Superman could have cleaned up in a day. You know. Yeah. All so right. So, no high-level NPCs. Okay. I'm fine with making that a... So, to recap. Yes. The settlement town of Last Call, a city built been, uh, be, uh, upon the... Broken edge of the colossal expanse upon the ground at the edge of the encroaching verge and through structures, stairs, switchbacks, and lifts in between. A city that exists on top and bottom and in all of the space in between, run by a council that represents each one of those three elements of the city. The peace is kept by a strong peacekeeping force that is. Uh, well-armed and large in number to not only deal with a large number of uh, adventurers and dangerous people who come through Last Call seeking The Verge, but to handle encroaching dangers from The Verge itself. There are religious sects based on nature, 
mm-hmm. the bottom, educational facilities on top that are affiliated with the city of Farpoint. Uh, so people have the choice of in which path to educate themselves through divinity or through natural primal magic. We have an industry built around supplying adventurers and uh, like-minded people who are going into the Verge. Also an industry built on selling what is extracted from the Verge to the university. So mm-hmm. you have independent mining companies, well-drilling companies. Yep. We have a conflict in this new race, the Iliastrians, named TBD, mm-hmm. that have started encroaching. And the the the, dis, the discourse centering around what is to be done with these people. Are they dangerous? Can they be trusted? Mm-hmm. What do we do? It creates an outsider thing. Yeah. They're not bad. We don't hate them for what we are, but they are something new that we need to be... We need to figure out what's going on with them. Right. Other people, you have a cult that is trying to sabotage all the work we're doing and uh, undo the peace. And last call, why aren't you dealing with these cultists? Um, right. And The we, four-eyed crow is out there yeah, sending the, them. <laughs> the four-eyed crow. Um, and we are obviously also known for flowers. Yeah, for sure. And that's what we have <laughs> for the settlement of last call. Yeah. We need NPCs, some shops. We already have a tavern, the Emerald Midway. We have religious areas, residences will be built into, carved into the pillars leading up and built on both the floor and the top. And we have all sorts of shops that relate to things like potions, herbalism, food, farming, and things like that are done between hunter-gathering and and some small farming for grains, and also probably shipments coming in from, well, it's 500 miles. You can't ship food that far in a medieval society, probably. I mean, it is still a magical medieval. I know, but not a high-level magical society. Yeah, okay. Not until the PCs become high-level. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, we have waterways. And then we're going to add a river. Yep. Or a, a water source, that's important. Yeah, because they're going to need They're going to need it. Hey, what is, did we ever codify, codify the name of the, well, we, I know nullomancy is what we said, but the, have we decided what they make in the academy at Farpoint that keeps the Verge at bay? Do they take Iliaster and turn it into a crystal? Do they take Iliaster and turn it into a something? What is, in my head, that's what, they, they basically solidify it into something and then they reverse the polarity and the neutron flow and all right. of a sudden it holds the virgin bay why don't we, we just say that that's what they do that's one of, well i mean <laughs> I, I don't have a problem with that but we need to well transmuting it would make sense because water you know the verge would spread kind of like osmosis right from mm-hmm. an area of high concentration to low right so you need to be able to dam that up and i suppose solidified iliasters is you know maybe like a powdered form like you're sandbagging it mystically okay. That makes that would make sense. So we'll have some sort of a of a thing that is created at the yeah. academy that keeps everything at bay. And given its given its power and influence, it would make sense. Awesome. You know, uh, that you would need like to stop like. Cool. Hey, we just fleshed out our settlement. Yeah, we did a two part world building episode, and yeah, I, and then when we when we bring this all together, yeah, yeah that'll be good. We can start working on some mechanics for our next episode. Mm-hmm. So that's all our time for today. So I want to thank everyone again for listening and supporting the show. And for more information or to peruse the latest drafts of our creation, please visit our website at www.fourthpillarofplay. Just spelled out. Yep. No numbers. 
where you can also like, follow, or message us on Twitter or Instagram. So thank you again, and we look forward to creating more with you. All right. Bye, guys. We'll see you next episode. Bye-bye.